Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Advice with Alex and Friends, the podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I am solo dolo. Make sure you are following the podcast. That's at Advice with Alex on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow us on TikTok as well. That's at Advice with Alex and Friends. And also like, comment, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff if you haven't already. And please, please, please leave us five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thank you. I, I just got the Spotify wraps information come through and um, there were some highlights, which I'm trying to remember that we were amongst the top te- top 10% of like most shared podcasts. So thank you because people are actually sharing the podcast, which I really appreciate. And um, yeah, I think we're viewed or listened to, I should say, uh, across nine countries, number one being the UK and then obviously US and, you know, some other European countries as well. So um, I think and New Zealand is is one of those. So shout out to the people in New Zealand that are listening. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, glad to have made it to episode 101. We're on the upper, we're on the other side of 100. So I am, you know, really excited and and grateful for our journey as we go into um, as we're about to go into a new year, I suppose. But um, Somebody who probably isn't so lucky at the moment is Kanye West. Um, I don't even really know what to say with Kanye, if I'm honest with you. Like, I... He's somebody that I try to understand um, and I don't. Um, And for the most part, I... I tend to get people, but I don't really get what it is with him. Is it that he's saying inflammatory things intentionally to get a rise out of people to see how far he can push the envelope or is it that these inflammatory things that he's saying he genuinely believes I don't know it could be it could be both it could be somewhere along the line he kind of believes some things and other things he says to get a reaction out of people because he always does he always gets a reaction out of people every single time I think if people stopped listening to him and didn't respond to him then he would probably rethink his strategy obviously I'm uh, there is a level of empathy that I do have towards him because he is bipolar and I don't know if this is a manic episode that he's having or whether this is intentional. Again, I don't know. But um, there is a lot concerning Kanye at the moment. Um, obviously, first off, his appearance on the Alex Jones show where he says that he likes Hitler. And um, he also said that he is a Nazi make with that what you will. We all know Hitler and the history surrounding Hitler and the amount of Jewish people that were killed under Hitler. And I would like to think for the most part that people despise Nazis and that's not something that people would say, especially a black person who in America and you know what it's like to be persecuted. He did though make a point in regards to um, Obama killing lots of Palestinians. And I guess like, there, there is that point to be said about lots of world leaders do end up killing innocent people. So is anybody's hands really clean in that sense? I, I do hear him out on that point, but um, I didn't watch all of the interview. I just kind of saw snippets and highlights. Maybe if I sat down, I might, I might kind of understand a bit of where it is that he's coming from. But I just, I don't, I don't have the energy for today's Kanye. I don't. I I remember when Kanye first came out and I love 
um, the graduation and I love College Dropout. And even for me, in terms of his music, I only listen to his original stuff. I don't listen to the things that he's put out in recent years because it doesn't speak to me. And, um, you know, I... I just kind of look at this man and think, I, I don't really know you at all. Obviously he's a celebrity, of course. We, I don't really know him. I never will really know him, will I? But you know, like he he's, he's not relatable to me, which isn't a bad thing. Like you don't have to be relatable to me for me to understand or respect you. But it's just, I think he's just a hard person to read. Um, and I don't, I, I, I fear for him because of uh, his recklessness. Um, and whilst he is a musical genius, I can't, I don't know if I can say that he's a genius in in how he's navigating day to day um, within the various businesses that he's involved in and all the ties that have been severed with him. And that's not to say that he's not frustrated. I can imagine him, him being frustrated. I think there's a, there's a level of diplomacy that somebody should employ when you are frustrated um, that he just lacks. And um, I think he needs severe guidance and mentoring from from somebody that he respects. I don't know who that would be, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot. Like I just kind of look at Kanye and I think, I don't know what I think. I just think this is, sad isn't even the word. Sad doesn't justify how it is that I feel, um, but I'll use sad for the lack of a better term at the moment. Um, and then, you know, to think about how bad do you have to be? How offensive do you have to be to get banned from Twitter by Elon Musk? Because Elon Musk, his moral compass is in the ground, is below it. It's probably in the pits of hell. So for him to ban Kanye from Twitter uh, for his comments, I think it was to do with violence or something like that or inciting violence. You know, you know, obviously that you've you've messed up. You've seriously messed up. Because Elon Musk is, he's Elon Musk. So, um, yeah. And um, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. I'm going to pivot slightly. And, and Alex Jones is a very interesting character. I feel like in America, obviously across the world, you, you do meet very interesting characters. But Americans have a special breed of interesting characters. And Alex Jones is one of them. So he's this far right anti-government radio host who says also says inflammatory things and it's it's almost funny watching Kanye West on the show obviously he's sitting there with this balaclava that completely covers his face um which even begs the question is it even really Kanye West under there because he's capable of doing something like that he's capable of sending you know a body double or something like that I wouldn't put it past him but even kind of watching Alex Jones look at Kanye and like, nah, I think you've taken it too far. Like, you know, you've taken it far when, like I said, Elon Musk banned you from Twitter and Alex Jones is a little bit perplexed by what you're saying. And, you know, like Kanye, I, like I said, I don't know if there's a method to his madness, if it's if it's intentional. Um, I don't know what he stands to gain from all the things that he says, but it's a bit, it's all a bit wild. Anyway, going back to Alex Jones. So he is facing or, or he has filed, not even facing, he has filed for bankruptcy for 1.5 million in court judgments over conspiracy theories he spread about the 2012 Sandy Hook school massacre. Now, if I could whistle, I would whistle. 
I would whistle and whistle and whistle again because 1.5 million is not a joke. So um, for those of you who are unaware, the Sandy Hook massacre occurred in 2012. I think it's it's coming up to the anniversary. It's sometime in December. And um, basically 20 young children, so aged six and seven, lost their lives. And six staff members lost their lives at the hand of a 20-year-old and, and they they, they were murdered. But according to Alex Jones, it was fake. It was a conspiracy theory and it didn't happen. And that's why I said Americans have got a different, American listeners and, and watchers, you people will have to explain, like, how do you, how do you put up with people like this? It's like, it's like people just come up with their own random things. It, how can you say that it was fake when people lost their lives? And I'm, I'm old enough to remember that happening. And there are parents who lost their children and there are kids and partners and, you know, obviously parents who lost their their children or mother or, or partner um, in terms of the staff members that passed away as well. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I can't be bothered to deal with, with people that just kind of say reckless things. Kanye, Alex Jones, Elon Musk. But we always, for some reason, when people say reckless things, they always tend to rise in popularity. They always tend to get the attention that they want and hence why they keep doing it. I think literally if we just ignored them, then they might have to rethink their strategy. But, you know, people who have got money, well, Alex Jones probably won't have any money left. Um, they're allowed to just kind of say and do whatever it is that they want. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired, you know, at the moment, even, even in terms of the content that I'm consuming, I'm very sensitive at the moment in terms of what I consume. If you say something that is out of order, I will not continue to listen to whatever it is that you have to say. And that's probably why I couldn't stomach listening to the whole or watching the whole Alex Jones and, and Kanye West interview. So I will leave that one there. Actually, no, 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 sorry. One last thing regarding Kanye. So he has been ordered to pay 200K a month. So that's $200,000 a month in child support to his now ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. So you obviously, you know, there are people who are saying self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, when he said 18 years, 18 years, she's got one of your kids, got you for 18 years. Um, obviously this was his wife. He had four children with her. He can say whatever he wants to say about her, including, you know, accusing her of having an affair with basketball player Chris Paul. Whether that's true or not, it's neither here nor there. Um, it's the timing is convenient, obviously, as they're going through their divorce proceedings um, to kind of raise that as well or, or maybe to just drag her through the mud. I don't know. Again, he's somebody he says who says inflammatory things. So um, I, I, I don't think 200K is bad. I mean, that's what like, 50k a month per child and 2.5 million a year for the four kids and I'm assuming that she has either full custody or majority custody as well so he's just adding on top and obviously she, she's got loads of money those, those kids will be fine they will be fine um a lot of people are upset I don't know why you're upset like those kids are acclimatized to a different lifestyle that is far beyond uh, what the average person would would ever could ever imagine so um yeah they'll be fine 
Um, I don't think it'll really dent his pocket, although obviously he claims that his accounts have been frozen by Adidas. Oh, I don't, he's in a mess. He's a, it's exhausting. Like it has nothing to do with me, but it is exhausting. Absolutely, absolutely exhausting. So, um, you know, let that be that. Let him sort himself out. And um, yeah, he, I'm sure he will be, um, he'll figure it out. And if he doesn't, then you know, he'll find a way to make himself relevant again and, and make some more money. So, yeah, um, I saw a clip on Twitter, actually, about um, a documentary called Untold Life After Love Island. And it featured, you know, some some ex-Love Islanders, including Ikenna that appeared this year, Shauna, who was in the 2020 winter one, Wes, who I believe was 2018. So obviously he's now gone on to, um, you know, have a successful music career. He's extremely talented. And it was just very interesting to hear somebody like Shauna, who she didn't even make it to the final, but her first deal once she left was was that of six figures. Um, and then to kind of hear Ikenna talk and say that he's making less money now than he did prior to going into Love Island. So um, make with that what you will. You know, some people say, is it a race thing? Um, I don't think so. I think in Ikenna's case, he wasn't in there long enough. That's one. And number two, he didn't really show us his personality. He was, you know, he was really laid back. And so whilst I do enjoy the content that he puts out with Dami, um, I, I wish he would have shown more of himself in, in the villa. I did say that, um, you know, when I was documenting the Love Island 2022 um, experience this year. So I guess it goes to show you've got you've got people. Molly May is Molly May for a reason. Molly May went in there with an executive plan. She said, when I come outside, I am securing this, this, this and this. And she had everything aligned to make sure that this happens. And that's why she's Molly May. And that's where she is today. That, that's why she is where she is today. And I think it's really important when you go into the villas for you to have a plan and for you to be yourself, but also have a backup plan just in case things don't work out. But most of all, the game of the game is to stay in there long enough to show who you are and then have a plan for when you exit. And if you don't have those three things, then you are in hot water. You're going to be in hot water. Um, and, and, and I guess also make peace with going back to the life that you lived beforehand because fame is fickle. You know, people's memories are fickle. Once they stop seeing you, they forget who you are, you know. But obviously we have said beforehand on the podcast that we love India's rise to success. We love that for her as a black woman. We love that she's constantly stepping on 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 people all the time in terms of how she shows up and she shows out she looks absolutely beautiful at the mobos um you know we spoke about her beforehand at the wakanda forever premiere wherever she goes she makes sure that she makes a statement um you know so having that personality and and having that plan for when you leave is really important and we see that we, we see that um, in terms of the execution of those who are successful and those who are not. So Love Island isn't your meal ticket. It's not going to be everyone's meal ticket. It will be some people's meal ticket, but you have to be really intentional. And that's that goes for anything in life, I suppose. Um, so <sighs> the Royals, 
the royals. And just like, I guess the royals and the politicians of this country are always, always going to be something that I talk about because the way in which they conduct themselves, it doesn't really make sense. So in this case, and I want to go to the story because I want to make sure I articulate myself properly regarding this. I don't want to miss anything out at all. Okay, so... This story, if you're not aware, concerns Prince William's godmother. Um, so there was a lady, I'm trying to find her name. Um, I know that she was representing, um, I don't, can't remember if it was a charity called Sister Space. And um, I remember seeing this come up and I was a bit confused by what it was, but I saw the the transcript of what, what had transpired between the conversation that this, this lady was saying. So this lady is black. Um, she didn't really disclose her heritage and she went to Buckingham, Buckingham Palace and was met by a, a royal. And the royal was trying to delve deeper into where she came from. And this, this lady kept insisting that she was British but um, the royal kept trying to push to find out where she was from, whether she was African, whether she was Caribbean. And it's like, no, I'm British. And and um, that I'm making it sound really nice, but obviously there was there was a lot of probing. And, and, and there is this really interesting conversation to be had about being an ethnic minority in this current country. Sorry, I'm just going to stop saying ethnic minority, global majority in this country, because obviously we might be a minority here, but across the world, we are the majority. Um, especially when you're born and bred here or you've you've lived here since you were young. There is this division almost um, and, and almost un unsettling feeling regarding where you belong because whilst you present as wherever it is that you come from so you know being black you know african or um caribbean or or I don't know, Chinese, Japanese, Indian, wherever. If you are born here then obviously you, you identify with Britain and British values. And so for the most part, when you are winning awards and when you're doing everything well for this country, you are British, you know, they will hold you up. Yeah, that's one of our own. But as soon, as soon as something goes awry, they will remind you of where it is that you came from. And so it's quite difficult for us to adopt that we are British, but at the same time, not embraced by Britain or that our our identity is subject to being the gold standard you're not allowed to ever make a mistake uh, you know we see that just just continue to watch the world cup just continue to watch the world cup all of the black players when they're scoring amazing if they lose mm. you know so that those that play for England and I'm sure it, it, it's the same thing for other countries as well so um um, anyway, I say all that to say that it was Lady Susan Hussey. What an interesting name, Hussey. Um, and um, she has now resigned. I guess she's resigned from her formal duties as a royal family member. Um, but yeah, it's just 
again, and then it ties into Meghan Markle and, and her experience, obviously. Just the subtle undertones. Covert racism can drive you insane. With overt racism, you know, they're not trying to hide it. They will say things and, and you know, with, with pride, like, yeah, we said this about you. But with covert racism, it's so hard to prove and you end up gaslighting yourself. And I, I can't imagine what it was like for Meghan. And and as always, going back to Meghan Markle, looking at her, you know, she is as fair as we can possibly be um, with, you know, features that are... Not ambiguous, but she doesn't have, um, you know, strong black features. And so somebody like her, you would think would be able to assimilate into the royal family. But no, they they remind you that you are black. Um, and that is the current that's that has always been the undertone of this country that, you know, you you're here. We will tolerate you, but you can't soar. Um, but, you know, you kind of have to be within certain parameters and be a good girl, be a good boy. And if you're bad, then we will punish you. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, but, um, I don't know what will happen to this lady. Um, and I, I do apologize. I can't seem to find her name at the moment. If I do, then I'll mention her name again, but I don't know what, what will happen to her, um, whether she'll be compensated or probably not, but her story's out there. And, um, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Um, I wanted to talk about, and and I'm going to put a trigger warning here just in case this is, you know, a soft spot for anybody, but pregnancy is tough. Okay. Even the smooth, the smoothest sailing of pregnancies is tough. Okay. And then, and I think a lot of people don't realize how, just how at risk you are by being pregnant to, to all sorts of things. Um, and then you add on top, unfortunately, how a lot of black women, their pain isn't taken seriously. And I'm about to talk about Nicole Thea and Nicole Thea. I remember very distinctly this story about her because I was pregnant at the same time as her. I remember her son, I believe was supposed to be born in August and my son was due to be born in September. So she was one of those people, everybody that was pregnant around the same time as me, I was tracking everybody's pregnancy. You know, I felt like we were in a gang, even though these people didn't know who I was. So, you know, Nicole Thea was somebody who was, you know, I was, you know, kind of keeping tabs on and she seemed really happy, her and her husband, as they were expecting the birth of uh, their son, Rain. Sadly, Nicole passed in July of 2020. And I remember being, you know, rocked by this death. Like I knew her personally, obviously I don't, uh, or obviously I didn't. Um, and I remember being extremely shocked and I spoke to one of my really good friends, Joyce, I'm gonna mention her. And she really calmed me down on the day that I found out that Nicole had passed away. Um, and just, I guess it's the, a reminder that, you know, with pregnancy, you are constantly putting your life at risk and it is important for healthcare professionals to ensure that they do their due diligence and double check um you know previous histories in your family anything that you are prone to just keeping on top of things and and sadly that was not the case for Nicole 
her family, and I, I want to read what was said um, to kind of support this, are they feel that health concerns were ignored. Um, the family of Nicole Thea, who died due to pregnancy complications, have come out in a recent video to discuss how many of her health concerns were ignored. Nicole was eight months pregnant when she collapsed at her home in July 2020. She later died along with her unborn son, Rain. The inquest found that the influencer died of a cardiac arrest caused by an undiagnosed heart condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy that her paternal grandmother died from in 1986. Nicole's family have criticised the NHS for not picking up her condition earlier, for the ambulance arriving later than they expected and have claimed that race played a part in her health concerns being ignored. Um, however, both a coroner and pathologist have argued that it is unlikely that earlier attendance by the ambulance would have altered the outcome. Um, there's a lot there. I think obviously if they had inspected or interrogated a bit more her family history, they might have been able to pick that up and, and tracked her, especially. Um, we already, you know, the NHS is very hit and miss. I always say as a woman, if you can have private health care, then do that because they'll be a bit more attentive. I, I thank God every day that during my pregnancy, I had an attentive um, midwife that was able to pick things up very quickly. Uh, she knew her stuff and um, she was, you know, she was the best. And I also am really grateful for the women that were present during, you know, my, the birth of my son. Uh, the midwives were extremely supportive. Um, the first doctor, I feel like I've spoken about him beforehand, he did not make sense. But the second doctor I had, shout out to that OBGYN, her name I have forgotten at the moment, but I, she's somebody I should remember. She was absolutely amazing. And it's so important for your voice to be heard. We've said this multiple times on this podcast that your voice needs to be heard and you also need somebody else to advocate for you. And it's frustrating that during pregnancy when you should be focusing on making sure that you're in the best, you know, frame of mind and preparing yourself for the birth of your child that you constantly have to advocate for yourself because pregnancy is not a joke. And so um, it's really sad to hear that this happened to her. She was so young, obviously fit as well because she was a dancer, um, but um, sadly passed. So her, her, you know, her and her son, so two lives lost there. And um, I, I really do hope that the NHS does take into account um, and do the due diligence that they need to, to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again. And also, you know, as a woman, if you are, you know, expecting or you want to have a child, do as much research as you possibly can about all of the um, pregnancy related complications that there are obviously, you know, um, just, just, and, and if you don't feel something, then just keep saying over and over and over again, go to your GP as well. If maybe you feel like midwives are not taking you seriously. Um, and also do your research beforehand. You know, if you're not pregnant yet, do your research in terms of what's the best boroughs um, in regarding maternity care. Cause there was a particular hospital I said, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. The, the hospital I used to live next to at the time, I said, God forbid I give birth in this place. I, I couldn't. There's no way. Mm -mm. 
So I ended up going 45 minutes away from where I lived at the time to give birth to my son and I had amazing care. So it's it's really important for us to do our, our due diligence. If these people don't care about us, we need to care about us at least and make sure that we are in places and spaces that, you know, that value us and our lives. And I do also pray that there are more of us as well, more black midwives and OBGYNs and GPs and all sorts as well. Um, but that's a conversation for another day because, you know, as stressful as those jobs are, people don't get paid enough. Oh, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's dire. It's dire. It's really dire around, all around. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about was regarding, um, was regarding Shanquilla. Is it Shanquilla Johnson? I don't want to say this, guess this girl's name, Robinson, sorry, Shanquilla Robinson who was um, essentially murdered, not even essentially, she was murdered by her friends. One of the um, friends has been extradited, I believe, or will be extradited to Mexico. And that's a friend that appears in the video um, where they're fight, where, you know, where they say fighting, but it's, it's the friend kind of against her um, in in one of the rooms at um, the hotel that they were staying at in Mexico. So um, this person has been extradited um, and will have to go to, to, you know, jail over there. I don't know what a Mexican prison is like. I don't ever want to know what a Mexican prison is like. Um, but justice uh, should be brought here regarding this situation. It's horrible. It's horrible to think of what happens. And we, I'm sure, you know, when, when Novella is back and um, maybe if we have the director on as well, just talking about being around people who don't like you and how dangerous that is. And that's definitely something that has been a theme in my life at certain points. Um, you know, being around people that you just know they don't like you whether it's jealousy, whether it's that you, I don't know, you trigger them in some way, shape or form. Like it's really important to be able to identify when people don't like you and to love yourself enough to not be around these people. Um, I'm not in any way, shape or form putting any blame on this girl at all. I just think that um, for me, uh, looking at this situation, it just reminded me of how harmful it is to be around people that you know don't like you. Um, or you can sense don't like you, even if even if there's a you know an ounce of doubt, I would rather would go with that ounce of doubt than than continue to be around people I know um, don't like me because then my safety is compromised and I don't ever want my safety to be compromised. You know these people can set you up um, to be robbed or um, you know for you to be assaulted or whatever. Um, but yes, I pray that that justice is is brought regarding this situation. And yeah, um, you know, I'm sorry to end on a heavy note on a heavy note or a sad note there. But hopefully, there there is there is justice there that will that will kind of lighten uh, the mood. Um, I'm going to say for my advice piece this week: please surround yourself with people that you know, love you, or at least like you. Um, because deep down, I believe that all of us always know 
and it is important for us to honour ourselves because once we honour ourselves, then we can honour other people as well. I feel like if you don't honour yourself, you can't really choose, you can't really and truly honour anybody else. Um, and being around people that like you requires you to like yourself. Because if you don't like spending time with yourself, you cannot expect other people to enjoy spending time with you as well. So I need all of us to kind of spend some quality time with ourselves, get to know who we are today, because it may it may be different to who you were a year ago, even six months ago. Um, and we all come with our strengths and our weaknesses. We all come with things that we like about ourselves and things that, you know, we kind of wish that we could improve on. Um, but ultimately we have ourselves. We are the only constant in our lives. People will come and go, but we will not. So spend, you know, good a good amount of time getting to know yourself, accepting yourself, loving yourself for who you are. And then, you know, kind of opening your eyes to who's out there. It may not even be friends. It may not be family. It may not be a partner. It could even be a workspace. Is your workspace toxic? Are you sitting there just taking it on board? Like, oh, you know what? No, you deserve better. You deserve so much better. We all do. So that is my advice for this week. Guys, on that note, make sure you're following the podcast at Advice with Alex on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following us on TikTok. That's at Advice with Alex and Friends. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Continue to keep us in the top five, top 10%. Maybe next year we'll be in the top 5% of shared podcasts. And leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and on um, Spotify because that helps the podcast to reach far and wide if you're a listener maybe check us out on youtube as well the visuals are always you know clear and um you know i th i think it makes things a little bit personable and i'd love to hear from you guys drop dms hit us up on twitter on um instagram you know what are some topics that you'd love for us to talk about things like that the things you'd love to see always always happy to hear from you guys so on that note, have a lovely, lovely weekend. This episode is dropping slightly later than usual. And um, have a blessed week. We shall see you next time. Take care. Bye.